We are in an, uh, a series right now going through the book of James. So before we go any further, I want everybody to take out Bible app, grab a Bible off the back of the seat in front of you, or open up your Bible to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time this morning. If you don't know where that is, it's towards the end of your Bible in what's called the New Testament, the book of James. That is where we're going to be. And and we've been in this book now for three weeks. This is our third week. And our first week, we talked about how followers of Jesus will experience hard times. This was James chapter 1. Not only will we experience hard times, but we as followers of Jesus, we have an opportunity to grow through hard times. And then we also looked at how followers of Jesus can find purpose in hard times. So that was James chapter 1. Then James chapter 2, last week we got to hear from uh, Tim Crawford, who was actually just on the stage, and Dave Smith. Didn't they do an awesome job if you guys were here last week? Uh, they absolutely, man, it's so cool to have just different voices on the stage, different perspectives, and I, I just think they did a great job. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. But they looked at James chapter 2, and they talked about how James tells us that a follower of Jesus isn't supposed to be all talk, but a follower of Jesus has to live out what they say. And that was last week in James chapter 2. And, and while last week James showed us that our heart is directly tied to how we live, what we're going to see today in James 3 is that he shows us that our heart is tied to what we say. Whether it's typed on a keyboard or said to someone's face, our words have power. I remember when I was in high school, um, I was, it was probably my sophomore year, I think, and uh, it was pre-soccer practice, and I was walking across the field with some of my, my, my teammates, some of my friends. And as we were walking across the field, you know, I'm, I'm talking to them, and I was cussing and, you know, talking about girls and making s- extremely crude jokes, and, and I'm walking across the field. And th- th- by the way, high school Brandon, not a good guy, okay? We don't like high school Brandon. But it was, I just remember walking across the field and I was just saying all of these things that I knew I shouldn't be saying, but I was saying them anyway. And I'll never forget my friend Josh, who was not a follower of Jesus, didn't go to church. He's walking next to me and he's hearing me say all these things. And as we're walking across the field, he looks at me and he goes, don't you go to church? And I was like, oh, this is yikes. Not only that, but he knew I was a pastor's kid, too, which like, even worse. But I just remember it was one of the most embarrassing moments in my life where I was just like, ah, he knows. He knows this is probably how somebody that goes to church shouldn't be talking. Have you ever said something that maybe you regretted? Or maybe you typed something that you regretted after you sent it? You hit that send button and you were like, probably shouldn't have sent that. (laughs) Maybe you cussed out your kids or your neighbor's kid. (laughs) Maybe you sent a message out of anger. Maybe you said something hurtful to your wife or to your husband or to your friend. What James 2 tells us is how our actions shows that we're followers of Jesus. James 3 describes how our words do too. James 2 is all about actions. James 3 is all about words. And and just a reminder, this guy that wrote this, James, he was the half-brother of Jesus. 
the half-brother of Jesus, and he was writing to a group of new believers, Jewish believers that had just started following Jesus. And they're still trying to figure it out. And so James, what he does throughout this entire book, James 1 to 5, is he says, here's a road map. You want to get from point A to point B? Here's your map. Makes it super applicable for him and for us. And this is how James starts off James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Just want to pause and let you guys know that verse terrifies me, by the way. (laughs) That verse terrifies me. Verse 2, indeed we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So James right here is telling us and showing us that our words matter. Our words matter. Our words are always doing something. They're important. No word that we say doesn't have meaning, doesn't matter. Every word that we say matters. And here's why every word matters, okay? Uh, this is a tube of toothpaste that I bought at Cumbies uh, for way overpriced. This was like $5, okay? Ridiculous. But just imagine this Crest tube of toothpaste is us. And inside the toothpaste, that's our words. Now, it's, it's really easy. I want you guys to be able to see over there, so I'm going to move this. We're in a conversation with our friends. We're talking. And it starts to get a little heated. They say something, and we're like, I don't agree with that at all. And they start to maybe say something that that hurts our feelings. And before you know it, all of a sudden, out come these words that are just hurtful. Now, it was really easy to squeeze that toothpaste out of this, tooth, th- this tube of toothpaste. Really easy. The same way it's really easy for us when we get filled with emotion to all of a sudden lash out and say something that we immediately say, crap, I, I'm sorry. But it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, isn't it? The same way it's hard after we've said those words to take them back. Our words matter. Your words matter. L- listen, listen to how James describes it in verses 3, 3 to 5. This is what he says. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. See, our words, they can navigate us through conflict. Or our words can create conflict and disputes and arguments. Our our words, they can, a word can get you fired from your job. A single word. Or... Your words can be encouraging for your friend that needed to hear it. Or they can ruin your relationship with your friend. 
See, James is using these metaphors to prove his point that even small words, even a single word, can create a big action, can have a ripple effect. Because every word that comes out of your mouth is doing something. Are you encouraging somebody or you're discouraging them? Are you moving people towards Jesus? Are you moving people away from Jesus? Are you building somebody up or are you tearing them down? Our words matter. Maybe you, okay, I, I want you guys to finish this sentence. Maybe you've heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. That's a lie. That's not true. The, I think the saying should be, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will haunt me forever. <laughs> or, or your words will shape the way I see myself and my potential. Or your words will make me feel small and unseen. That's the power of words. Words do hurt us. And right now, in this moment, just like me thinking back to my time on that soccer field, I'm sure you guys can think of a time when somebody hurts you with words or you hurt somebody with words. You squeeze those words out of that tube of toothpaste and you went, crap, I don't know how to get those back. Words that maybe changed how you viewed yourself. Words that maybe affected your happiness or maybe they changed your contentment level. Guys, our words are dangerous. James chapter 3, verse 6 says, And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. This is not something we can just ignore. James is telling us here that it, maybe you're, you're in this room and, and you've been trying to figure out what I feel like I'm doing a lot of things right, but I feel like I'm still being held back in my spiritual walk. Well, maybe the one thing you can't do right now is control your tongue. Maybe that's the biggest barrier you have right now in your spiritual walk. Is you don't know how to control your tongue. Maybe, maybe it's just the way you say something. Maybe it's the tone that you use. Anybody else have a hard time turning sarcasm off? I do. Okay? Even, uh, I, I learned how important tone is uh, the hard way a couple weeks ago with my wife, Allie. Um, we were in the car, and we were talking, and she asked me a question, and I, di I, I, I didn't really hear her, and, and so I, I answered, well, no, I heard her, and I just kind of responded, and she, she didn't hear me respond, so she asked the question again, and I, I honestly don't even remember what the question was, but I do remember how I responded, and I was basically just like, I understand. Okay, Allie's here right now, she's laughing. God, it was not good. Okay, not a good husband moment for Brandon, okay? No bueno. All the, the wives in the room right now, you want to punch me. I get it. <laughs> Husbands, learn. Do not ever do that, okay? That is, that is no good. But it can be just the tone we use with people. It can be the tone. Maybe it's not the tone or maybe it's not the words you say to somebody's face. In the day and age we live in, maybe it's the words you type behind the screen. It's the, 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 the posts that you put on Facebook. It's the comment 
on somebody's picture. It's a DM you send on Instagram. It's that tweet you sent out. I think James, if, if he could rewrite <laughs> James chapter 3 today, he'd, he'd add the part where it says Facebook posts are also a tiny spark that can set a forest afire. Listen, I sat in a town meeting this past week, 50 angry people in the room, and a lot of it stemmed because of a Facebook post. Your words matter whether you're behind a screen or not. There is somebody else on the other side reading that, that you're tearing down, that you're picking apart. If somebody, if somebody was to read your timeline, read the comments that you posted, they could see a history of your comments. What would they know about you? Would they know that you're somebody that always likes to pick a fight? Would they only know what your political party is? Would they only know, uh, they, would they only know that, that you like to go after people that have certain qualities? Or would they know that you're a follower of Jesus? So if, if, if right now, may, maybe you're asking, okay, Brennan, this sounds serious. And I know last week we talked about actions, and this week we're talking about words, and they both seem really powerful. Which one should I focus on more? The answer is uh, both of them. Our words and our actions are both equally important. How we live thing, our, our life out as a follower of Jesus and how, what we say as a follower of Jesus are both equally as important. Matthew chapter 15 verses 10 to 11 says this, Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Okay, so why is Jesus talking about food and words? Well, right before this, the disciples had actually eaten a meal and they had not washed their hands, which in that day, in that culture, was a huge religious no-no. Like, you don't do that. And so the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they got all upset because they were obsessed with, with outward cleanliness Washing their hands, making sure they looked good as a means of inward holiness. If I look good on the outside, I'm good on the inside. And what Jesus is trying to show them is, listen, it's not what's on the outside. What's in your heart is what's making you dirty. Not the dirt on your hands. And so Jesus goes on in, in Matthew 15, 15 to 18. Then Peter said to Jesus, uh, explain the use of the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Peter's asking the question a lot of us would have asked, like, uh, Jesus, I don't get it. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love Jesus' response. Don't you understand yet? <laughs> Jesus asked, anything you eat passes through the stomach and goes into the sewer, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. Jesus is saying, Jesus is letting these people know that those words that you're, you're saying, they came from somewhere. They came from your heart. So not only are you showing people who you are by what you do, you're also showing people who you are by what you say. And that feels like a lot of pressure. 
honestly. Like when I, when I was reading this and studying this this past week, I was like, this is a lot. I, like when I read this, I'm like, do I have to be perfect? Like is that what you're saying, James? That I have to be perfect? No, nobody, because nobody in this room is perfect. I, I'm certainly not perfect. So how do, I, how do I do this? Like this can't be possible. And James, in verse 2 of chapter 3, James says, listen, nobody is perfect. He says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. So before James even gets into the how-to, when it comes to our words, James says, listen, you're going to mess up. Not just once, many times. You are going to say something that you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. It's just like in James chapter 1 when James says, listen, troubles will come your way. Not if they come your way. Troubles will come your way. This is part of life. We can't escape it. We can't get around it. Words are hard. And they're hard to control. No one in this room can perfectly control everything you say. But your words matter just as much after you make the mistake as they did when you made the mistake. How you respond to that mistake is so important. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to get in arguments with your spouse. And James is letting us know that when those things come, and they will, we have to remember that we have a choice because our words are either bringing life or they're bringing death. Every word matters. In every word that we say, everything we say to people is doing something, and it's either bringing life or it's bringing death. James chapter 3, verse 6, I want to say it again. It says, And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. A great example of this. Do we have any LeBron James fans in the room? One person in the back. Good. Okay. I love this church even more now. Um, yes. We, okay. I'm not a fan of LeBron James. Uh, and and uh, about 11 years ago, actually two days ago was the, uh, was the anniversary of what's called the decision. Maybe some of you know what this is. But basically, LeBron James had decided he was done playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, And so what LeBron did is he created an hour-long television special where 58 minutes of it was just garbage, and then the last two minutes was him saying, here's where I'm going to go play. Okay, What a jerk. All right, come on, bud. Uh, don't like that. Uh, so he does all this, and, and basically at the end of it, his famous words are, I've decided I'm taking my talents to South Beach, and I'm going to play for the Miami Heat. And here's what happened in Cleveland, right here, okay? Cleveland Cavalier fans said, nope, don't like that. It started burning that man's jersey in the street, okay? The whole city was upset. He set social media on fire. The NBA universe exploded. And all of this because of eight words. So if I haven't convinced you to not like LeBron James yet, then you're missing the point. Okay? It took eight words for LeBron James to set the NBA universe on fire. And this is a mild example. 
I'm sure you can all think of an example in your life where somebody said three words to you and it ruined your whole week. I'm sure you can think of an example in your life where you said one word to your kid that you immediately regretted and you're still repairing that relationship. Our words matter. So if our words have so much power, well, then the easiest thing to do would just be to control what we say, right? (laughs) James chapter 3, verse 7, this is what he says. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish. I would add in dogs. You know what's not in here is cats, okay? You cannot, just like your words, you cannot tame a cat, all right? Not possible. (laughs) Verse 8, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. So James tells us right here, listen, you in your own power cannot do this. As much as you might want to, you can't control the words that come out of your mouth. So what do we do? This guy named Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, most of the second half of the Bible, and someone that was struggling to do what was right, and he felt like he could only do what was wrong, he wrote this in Romans chapter 7, verses 24 to 25. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. I've said that before. (laughs) Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, we we don't have any hope when it comes to controlling our words outside of Jesus. You might try all you want to control your words. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's only through Jesus' power and the Holy Spirit that we have what we need to control what we say and how we say it to people. And if you've chosen to follow Jesus, if you're sitting in this room and you've chosen to follow Jesus, then God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He literally lives within you. And when God lives within you with the Holy Spirit, Galatians, this is what Galatians tells us produces, that the Holy Spirit produces in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control so that we can be slow to speak and quick to listen. That's what the Holy Spirit offers us. That's what the Holy Spirit gives us. And I want those to be the words that people, when they think of how I interact and how I talk with people, those are the words that people think of when they think about me. And those words and describing our life, those can only be found when you put your faith and your hope in Jesus. Remember, all of this is about making sure that your actions, chapter 2, line up with what your words say in chapter 3. That you're walking, you're not just walking the walk, but you're talking the talk too. It's so important. James chapter 3, verses 9 to 12 This is what it says, and this is why it's so important. Sometimes, talking about 
our words, talking about our mouths. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. And sometimes it curses those those who have been made in the image of God. I want to stop right there really quick. Because the next time we go to tear somebody down, the next time we, we are about to use our words to hurt somebody, I want you to remember James chapter 3, verse 9, that the person you're about to tear down is made in the image of God. So as you're tearing that person down, you are actively tearing down the image of God. That, that hits home a little more than just this is a person across from me that I don't like right now. Verse 10, and, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. This is me in high school. Sunday, I'm a good pastor's kid. Monday, walking to soccer practice, I'm a totally different person. Blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce both olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you say that you love and follow God, a, a God full of, of love, life, holiness, and purpose, and then in your next breath, your words are bringing death and hate and corruption and conflict, well, then you're basically saying, I love Cleveland, and then 30 seconds later calling your realtor and saying, find me a house in Miami which is what LeBron did, by the way. Another reason I don't like him. It doesn't line up. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. So what you say flows from what is in your heart. You don't need to go to a doctor to figure out how your heart's doing. Just listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. That'll give you a good clue to where your heart's at. What, one more verse, because honestly, uh, I needed this teaching. Uh, Ephesians 4, 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Guys, it doesn't get any more plain than that. It, it doesn't get any more clear than that verse in Ephesians. Are your words on a daily basis good and helpful? And if they're not, we all make mistakes. James 3, 2, we all make mistakes. But when we make those mistakes, we got to stop. We got to go back. We got to seek reconciliation. We have to ask for forgiveness. We have to ask God for forgiveness and repent and say, God, I messed up. Uh, I'm sorry. Those were not good and helpful words. Because the more that we catch our mistakes, the more that we repent and seek forgiveness in relationships that maybe we've hurt with our words, the more that we're willing to submit our words to God when we do that. I know this is uh, hard. Trust me, as somebody that loves to talk, probably too much, this is hard to do. But I want to I I end this by, by asking you guys some questions that I'd ask myself. And the first one is this. 
do you want to win the argument or do you want to win somebody's heart? Do, do your words push people toward God or push people away from God? Do your words bring people closer to you or push people away from you? Do your words help someone that, that wants to become more and more the person that God created them to be? Lastly, are there things that you talk about that if you replayed them before God, you'd be embarrassed? Which, spoiler alert, God knows what you say for the rest of your life. He knows what you will say. Would you be embarrassed? Again, nobody in this room is going to live their life without mistakes. That's something only Jesus could do and did do. But it's how we respond to those mistakes with our words that matters. When, when my friend called me out, my, my friend Josh called me out for being a, a, a salty spring and a fresh water spring, in that moment I was faced with a choice, right? I can't be both. I can't say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Three seconds later, I'm tearing people down around me. That's not what a follower of Jesus does. That's, that's talking the talk and then not walking the walk and then not talking the talk the next day. That's, that's backwards. It doesn't make sense. So today, as we pray, I know this is, this is a hard thing to do, and, but we got to start somewhere. And so as we pray, I want you to ask God, show me anything I've said to someone that might be hurtful. God, remind me of that conversation. Remind me of that, that engagement I had. Remi- remind me of that comment I put on somebody's post. Remind me of something that I said that might have been hurtful. God, show me how my words can be tweaked to bring life instead of death. Commit to God this morning that your words will be honest, good, and helpful. That's what we need to do. We need to just commit that, God, if it's not honest, good, and helpful, I'm not going to say it. Uh, There's a pastor named Craig Rochelle from Life Church, and this is how we're going to wrap it up because I think it's perfect. He put it this way. He said, everything you say must be true, but not everything true must be said. Everything you say must be true, but not everything true must be said. Let's go and let's share Jesus with those around us. And let's use words that are good, helpful, and honest. Let's pray together. God, we ask right now that if there is a conversation that we had with somebody where we used words that were not good, helpful, and honest. Show us. It might hurt, but show us. God, I pray for the people in this room that maybe aren't following Jesus, and they're just trying to understand what this all means. God, I pray that you speak to them right now. God, I pray that they would find their hope in you, in the hope that Jesus offers us. God, nowhere else can we find that hope. God, I pray that when we leave from this place, we would commit that our words will be honest, helpful, and true. 
God, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, how your Holy Spirit lives within us and, and helps us, gives us self-control, gives us love, patience, peace, kindness, and all the other fruits of the Spirit. God, help us to not just walk the walk, but talk the talk. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for how much you love us, even when we mess up. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.